Firecrackers, this is Naomi, and welcome to a very special bonus episode of the Firecracker Department podcast. We are taking you inside, deep inside, to the launch of the LA chapter of the Firecracker Department last year. We got together with some amazing LA-based comedians to kick us off with this panel, and uh, they're fantastic. I just, each one of these gals, I would spend time on stage, off stage, in a coffee house in a escape room, I, anywhere. They're so fun. You're gonna have a riot just listening to this. On this panel, we've got Alana Johnson, who I've known forever from Toronto ghost jail days at Clinton's, where we performed this great uh, improv show at this little bar in Toronto that I just love. And Alana Johnson was an absolute standout firecracker. I also had Katie Thomas on this panel, and uh, Katie Thomas is like, she's my neighbor, first of all, and I adore her. She just had this tiny, gorgeous, chewy little baby. You'll know Katie Thomas from TV Land's Teachers. Um, she came and did our podcast, Barum and Sneakers, the one I do with my husband, and we just had a riot. She's, she's, uh, she's amazing. We also had Maddie Goff fantastic improviser from Impro Studios, the female improv group called Ripley. She taught me one of the um, classes over at Impro and she's such a great teacher. She does everything with such heart. We recorded this live at the Impro Theatre in LA. So if you ever get a chance while you're in LA, it's on Vermont and you gotta go check them out. They do long form uh, genre-based improv. Go check out their Twilight Zone improv or their Tennessee Williams improv. They're incredible. So basically, you are plugged in to some of the best comedians in this town, and you've got a front row. So uh, you're welcome. Enjoy. We are live, the very first show live in Los Angeles, California, at Impro Studio Theater. And I'm so thrilled to be here, and I'm so thrilled that you are all here. A um, little bit about the firecracker department for some of you who are new to it. Uh, the Firecracker Department started as a podcast three years ago where I interviewed just dynamic, amazing, inspiring women in the entertainment industry and uh, like just killer, killer discussions. I, I kind of wanted to have like, my own private masterclass, so I'd invite people in and be like, the tape is recording, and it wasn't the first time. It wasn't. No, I'm kidding. It really was. So I would record these uh, master classes with some of my heroes and get like front row seats to their stories, which is amazing. No, no, that's okay. Don't pay no attention to me. <laughs> Thank for my firecracker team, which is Emily, AJ, Deanna, and Mandy. Couldn't do this without them. Uh, Firecrack Department quickly launched into a big community, and so after the podcast, now it's become a community of uh, dynamic, again, killer women who are supporting each other in taking creative action. So there's one thing for me that uh, people are inspired by these discussions, but for me it's really important to know what the action steps are, and that's what this community is all about. So in the future, if you haven't already, please join our community. We're doing a script department that's coming up in the, new, in the fall, and then we've got some productions coming up. We've got uh, various award systems going on. We've got so many different compartments of this community. It's like nothing other. A lot of people say, like, what is the firecracker department? And to be honest, I can't even compare it to anything because it's unlike anything else. It's just a community of 
amazing people supporting each other to create, and that's uh, that's what I'm excited about. So let me uh, let me move on to introducing you to my this fantastic cast of uh, panelists. Uh, why don't you call, come out and give a round of applause for Kate and Tommy and Bob and Do I get to stand? You I'm can pregnant? do whatever you want. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to start with my friend over here, Katie Thomas, Hi. who's not only a creative uh, actor, writer, director, she's a creating right before your eyes, in her belly right now. <laughs> working, on working on some inner digestion systems. Who knows what you're working on for that child? Yeah. She's not fully cooked yet, for no. sure. No, there's a lot of work to do. <laughs> You'll know Katie from uh, shows like Teachers, and she's also Second City Chicago, as well as IO and uh, The Annoyance. And she's also my neighbor, and I love Katie Thomas. Next up, we have Atlanta Johnson, who I've known forever yeah. uh, from Toronto, Ontario, where yeah. we used to do improv in like uh, the the grottiest of bars. Yeah, in the ba basements, you name it. Oh my care. god, we didn't yeah. care. We'll do it anywhere, guys, <laughs> and still will to this day. Yeah. Now she's a, a huge impact uh, performer over at UCB, and she uh, was on a show called I Want My Phone Back. She just did this fantastic turn on Conan that I'm sure, if you're a watcher of Conan, she was the one that ran through The prices Right. And uh, it's fantastic. You're gonna want to. Some people are that. calling me New Conan. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone on the set, you should have heard him. It was wild. I felt bad for him. I did. Uh, and then you've also got your own show called uh, the. Um, oh my God, I'm gapping. Self-esteem party. There, that's it. It's right. You're right. Self-esteem self party. Me to make sure that was right for a second. Yeah, because I was like. Is, that, are we, yes, is this what I'm doing? Okay, thank you. And then we have Maddie Goff over here. <laughs> Maddie, this is Maddie's home, the Impro Theater. She's one of the staple geniuses on these stages. And then she's also uh, from the world of the Groundlings. Mm -hmm. And you have a troupe called Ripley that uh, is about to launch an improvised movie. Yeah, we've, we've already filmed it, them. We filmed five movies, totally improvised, based on a suggestion. And we're in editing phase right now and creating an anthology series. Love it. <laughs> Love it. Um, so great. I'm so happy that you're all here. And the other thing uh, about Firecracker Department, my feeling is that by the end of this episode, we'll all have like 30 new handles on our Twitter mm -hmm. account. So let's follow each other and find out what each other's doing so that you can support our projects that are coming up. Oh, I was promised 30 best friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know how you work on Twitter, but that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just for the best friends, guys. Yeah, I'm only here for the follow -ups. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, not I'm very shallow. Uh, so <laughs> I wanted, actually, I brought you guys three, you three together because one of the things that I'm most excited about is the uh, creative initiative. And that's something that you're all really good at. And I'd love to find out what was the tipping point between going, I'm just an actor waiting for auditions, to I'm going to actually create my own stuff. And I know, Katie, maybe start with you, because sure. you went from being a troupe, right? The Katie mm -hmm. that's in Chicago, mm -hmm. to sh you shot your own series, and then you got picked up in, like, Hollywood. Yeah, and man. So what was that tipping point? star like? now. Um, so <laughs> the tipping point was we were weird females that had weird types and people didn't know what to do with us because we we're so weird. Um, meaning like we weren't 300 pounds and really ugly or we weren't super thin supermodels. Um, and we were in Chicago. Um, so I mean out there we were like eights. 
here were like threes. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but we were, we were like, at 22, you yeah, were like a it's, Disney grandma. It's yeah. Exactly, exactly. So we were in Chicago. We were all, uh, my group, the Katie Dids, we were all doing improv out there, IO, Second City, and the, the Annoyance, all those great theaters. And we, um, we were, we, you know, we made Herald teams, and um, some of us made Torcos, some of us did not, myself included. Um, but th that's like the, the Chicago dream. The Chicago dream is move there, get Second City, and then get SNL, and that's how it works. Um, that There's only a few spots for that, for all of those things. And so we weren't getting cast, and um, we started our own group, and it was actually kind of a joke. We all, all the women in my group, we all have the same name. We're all Katie's or Caitlin's or Kate's, which is so fucking stupid. I mean, it's the dumbest thing in the world. I mean, it really just started as this being like, this is stupid. Let's do a show. And uh, we we met up. Uh, I didn't know half the women in the group. Caitlin Barlow suggested it and shook a few of their hands before we went on stage. And then we did a show at a theater very much like this. And um, and we ended up having great chemistry. And so did anybody get kicked out of the troupe because they were like Diane? No, no. <laughs> we do get that question a lot. But I'm waiting for the day where it like comes out that one of us right. is actually. Um, the whole time right? <laughs> thought we knew you um, and so yeah so we we just started doing our own thing and we were doing all our own other kind of projects with the other improv theaters but um, we just realized we had this chemistry that was really fun and different and we're all really different women but somehow we come together and, and make something really interesting and um, we were just getting told no all the time and so we did our own thing we started making our own shows making our own videos and then shot a web series which um, was really not meant to be sold as a TV show. It was just like, this would be a cool project. And we did it, and I guess we did it well because we sold it to TV Land. Um, and we had just finished our last season. We did 50 episodes all together. So yeah, we EP'd it, we wrote it, and we started in it, which is insane um, because we really came out of theaters like you're saying like basements you know shitholes right. <laughs> like like not fun places um I mean they were fun but they you know get a tetanus shot before you go um but like a lot again like going back to what you were saying about taking initiative we just were like okay people are gonna say no to us you know and I was getting that before even in college I was 20 my sophomore review in college at theater school they were like we like you we just don't know what to do with you mm -hmm. and I was like cool so what do I do? And they're like, uh, you'll grow into your type in your 30s. <laughs> and I'm 20, and I'm like, okay, cool. Um, so it's just like taking, and I think we, did, we didn't do this stuff because we were like, this is going to make us famous. We are like, this is fulfilling cool stuff where we can have our own voice and have our own stuff. And yeah. um, it paid off. So. Love it. Yeah. What about you, Alana, with your self-esteem project? Because you've been doing that for... Oh, Way God. too long. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I think you all agree. Um, well, because that feels like, like, I know you create a lot of different things, but that feels like you're, you're. That's the main one. Main one. Yeah. The main one. I, just to, so, for those of you who don't know, which is wild, the Self-Esteem Party <laughs> is a collection of pop songs I wrote, 60 Seconds or Less, about my journey in finding my own self-esteem. Uh, that's it. Literally, that's it. It's uh, 28 songs in 22 minutes, and um, it's these silly little songs, but they all have a real backstory about, um, you know, why I wrote them, what I was going through at the time, 
and how I felt about myself and how I think others should feel about themselves. And um, I'll say it, it came out of boredom. Uh, for real, it really, like, here's the thing about sitting and waiting around for auditions. For me, they don't come. So I was like, well, I'd better do something. And I found these uh, four Gold LeMay jackets at American Apparel, and I bought them. I mean, the rest is history. And, and literally, I was like, oh, I should write a pop album, and then I should have backup dancers, and they should wear these jackets, and that's exactly what I did. And I've uh, been doing it for close to a decade since still have the jackets police to announce and um <laughs> but yeah so i guess uh i it's kind of this idea where yes all knows for sure definitely <laughs> yeah. everyone being like uh, we love her we love her she's a star but we can't do it for her and you're right. like okay cool but you have all the money and um <laughs> so I, I guess it was this idea that I, I couldn't stop thinking about this one project. I, I couldn't stop thinking about these songs, still can't stop thinking about them, and I was like, I'm gonna do something with this. I don't know when, but I'm going to keep this thing going so that when the right person does see me and is like, you're a star, I have money, what do you wanna do? I go, my friend, here's exactly <laughs> what we're gonna do, because I've been doing it. Yeah. And um, I think there's, I've, I've done a lot of great projects in between. All of which I'm pleased to announce. I've never booked uh, from an audition. I've never booked anything from an audition. Wow. Pleased to and announce. Uh, yeah, because it's just it's it's um, you have to build your own reputation. You have to be a couple of Katies lying about being Stacys, and then one day, and then and then one day it pays off. And um, but you know, I think you build that reputation by um, showing your persistence and how hard you work, and you do that by investing in a project that means something to you, and I think has something to do with you as well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I could like make up a story of being like, um, two people live together and mom keeps coming by. Okay, right. um, don't get me wrong, it'll for sure I'd get like seven to. seasons oh, somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's got the I'd like to audition. <laughs> yeah, Naomi's all over oh it. Definitely the mom who is the neighbor, so you're getting two roles there. Um, well, and, and, and no audition because of reputation. No audition. We're going to hand you the role. Fantastic. But um, yeah, you could sell that show, and in Hollywood, I'm sure it'll sell. Uh, or you could wait and sell the masterpiece. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's how I look. All right, I, love that. I appreciate yeah. that. What about you, Maddie? Because nice. you're always—I mean, you're creating characters and things that are happening on stage. But tell me a little bit about the process with Ripley and that whole thing, because that's a huge. Yeah, it's. Um, I I first want to say I love hearing that. Uh, Alana. Yes. I keep wanting to say Atlanta. Al Alana. Thank you. Has never booked anything. That makes me so happy. And hopefully, other women hear this and are like, "Fuck yeah!" <laughs> Can I first? Oh dear. I mean, no. So that's okay. awkward. Oh, oh yeah. wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that was amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, no. Yeah. We gotta we gotta have ownership over something. So swear it up. You okay. know, really enjoy yourself. Um, perfect. Then I will. I will do that. Uh, so. I, this is what I always think, is it's in the phrase, to make it. Make it. Right. I've made it. So you have to go make it in order to make it. Right. So, that <laughs> sounds so stupid. <laughs> but it's so logical. Yeah, right? And so the... Um, like Mary Tyler Moore, right? She, right. Was, uh, she wasn't sitting at home watching it. Right. She was making, making it. it. Yeah. After all. Yeah. 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 As it turns out, yeah. After all. After all. <laughs> 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 that was the first title. Yeah. 
She's going to make it as it turns out. <laughs> as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> and then they went after all. Yeah. Um, so anyway, Ripley started with a couple of us sitting at the bar right down there and um, wanting to go, oh, that'd be fun for all of us ladies to get on stage together and to just have all female energy up here and see what that's about. It turns out it's pretty great. Um, and then, long story short, we get together, we have a ton of shows, we come up with different genres, we um, wear leotards on stage, and it's super scary but super empowering. And then we shoot, we put together a production company and shoot five movies um, last year. And that's it's wild. Amazing. That's amazing. They're all improvised. They're all in the same house. Shout out to Kelly Loman, who really did a ton of work. She's one of the Ripley's. Did a ton of work putting it all together. And she was our director for the series. So uh, six of us, there's seven of us total. Six of us were in all the films in different, the costume and, um, and set department, all the different departments on this film were incredible. And it was always so wild to just look around and see the other characters that were about to improvise a film with me and then go into the set and look at how the set just changed overnight and um, the improv, the level of improv that came out was just beautiful and incredible and it it was absolutely living a dream and making it for a week and now we're still making it, doing the less fun parts yeah. where you're just sitting in front of a computer just tirelessly editing. I'm not. They are. <laughs> yeah, you're getting plenty of rest. You're fine. Yeah. <laughs> great. Um, but yeah, so it, it's it's just been an incredible journey. And we are all type A go-getter sort of mm -hmm. girls, and it's women. And it's been so easy. Oh, and our film was predominantly female. Um, we had like a set PA and a, and a scripty who was male. And, uh, and our first yeah. <laughs> But it was, you know what I also love though is, so it was, but it was like, you know, 80% female mm -hmm. and then a couple uh, straight white men and having them surrounded by our energy, they were like, oh shit, y'all figured something out. <laughs> like, such that. cool energy yeah. on set. Mm -hmm. I've never been on a set that was more positive, supportive and warm and welcoming mm -hmm. than that one. Yeah, it feels like, I mean, we're in such a climate right now of female empowerment. Uh, I, and how do you feel like you're, you're booing, Katie, but like, do you have no, that kind of, no, I mean, do you have that kind of sense? I love men. For the three of you, do you have that sensation of like, let's just, like, no guys, let's really coordinate off and let's get some female, like when we're talking about firecracker department projects, I don't have that feeling of like, there's no guys allowed. I have the feeling of like, let's look to women first mm -hmm. and give like the leads and the DOPs and the directing roles. But I don't want to, I, I like guys. I like, there's a lot of good ones out there. I, I will say this, mm. and this is just, I think I'm lucky in the people that I've surrounded myself with. I always think let's look to the funny first and they, they happen to be females. Yeah. I got really lucky mm. that like uh, everyone who I think is the, no offense to the guys out there, or take offense, I don't care. But the, <laughs> the people I think are the funniest happen to be my female friends right. that I work with. Um, I, I love working with men. I think it's important um, to work with men to learn something from them and for them to learn something from us. Yeah. Um, it, we can't teach it just by them sitting back and watching it. We have to like interact together. Like you said, like those guys on the set being like, oh, damn, I, I get it now. And yeah. then they're going to take that uh, and move forward to their next project with that in mind, and they'll probably act differently on those sets um, now that they've been educated 
um, from you guys on your set. So I, I don't know. But I, I will say this. It's like, am I always happier when there's the ladies in there? You know it. Like, <laughs> absolutely I am. Why not? Yeah, no, I, I think I love, I love, I'm pregnant, so things come and go. So you said something, and I loved it. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I think you're saying, like, women, uh, not just the guys sitting back and watching, but, the, like, interacting mm-hmm. with each other. And um, and teachers, we had a lot of men on set um, that were wonderful. And we had, um, the six of us were EPs, and we got to have a lot of control, which was awesome. And, um, and we were told by a lot of... Um, I'm going to toot my own horn. I'm not good at it, usually because I'm Midwestern. I'm very, like, humble. But um, we we had a lot of crew members come up to us and say, like, this was the best set we've ever worked on. Um, and I think a lot of that came from the fact that, like, six women who had a relationship, who knew each other, who worked together for a long time, um, Midwest girls, uh, we, we just, we treated everybody really well. We treated people like family. We respected people. We had to make hard decisions and be bosses also. But um, but I think a lot of what we generated as this, like, female energy was really, really positive. Uh, we got we got very lucky with our crew. Everyone was amazing. They were like family to us. Um, and then the, the interesting thing about our writer's room, our first season um, was we had, we had two male showrunners um, who were wonderful. Uh, Ian Roberts of UCB and Jay Martell, who were partners for many years, and they, they show ran for Key and Peele before they came onto our show. And um, it was very weird for them because we had a female uh, writer's assistant and then six EPs who were all women mm-hmm. and then these two guys. And uh, they they were really, like, weirded out for a while. And not in a bad way, and just like, this is so different than any other room we've ever been in. Mm-hmm. It is mm-hmm. so different. And we taught them so much. Like, they know what diva cups are now. <laughs> and, like, they're um, using them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're using them. a ton from us and um and we, I mean we learned a lot from them too but it was almost always women in the room which was great I'd love to know some stories of times because I feel like whenever I've been asked to teach like an improv class just for women I'm always like why why do we have to like it, that doesn't that doesn't work for me but I I teach like putting your elbows up a lot as women like if you get tagged out of it do you teach this no? yeah I I teach here at Impro and I I feel like I'm constantly going is this my feminist agenda or is this a note? Right. <laughs> <laughs> I keep like, put your elbows up and, and get into the scene you want to get into. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I'll say, this is probably my feminist agenda, but I want you to do this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so where, I'd love some stories of the times that you'd have to put your elbows up and be like, uh, like, treat me with the respect that I am treating you or the respect I deserve. On stage? On stage, on set, wherever. Oh, I, in the in cell phone. Oh, here's a killer story. On the cell phone show, I want my phone back. It's um for those of you who haven't seen it, it it's okay. It's a show about a phone. Uh, <laughs> it's really fun I, though. It's, it's, it's fun. It's a bit is. of a laugh. Uh, I take people's phones and I'm like, for five bucks, let me um write on your friend's Instagram uh, that their baby looks dumb, and they're like, how heck? Because everybody <laughs> wants money and to be on TV. So, but then you're like, for a hundred dollars, I'm gonna have your phone for a week, and yeah. I'm gonna tell your and mother. Then they're that like, what? <laughs> They're like, hey, why my phone back? And they're all upset. Who cares? So, anyways, this one time there was this guy, and this is the dumbest thing I've ever seen. So he's a junior manager at a big management company. Um, I won't say what because he he got cut from the episode. 
Um, so uh, I was going through his phone, and like I go through before we start, and I find a bunch of dirt on them. And I, I can tell you guys afterwards when we're done uh, this podcast where to look. You will all oh like God. you will all clear your phones after this, and like you will reset that shit because you don't even know what's on your phone, but I do. So anyway, so I'm finding so much dirt on this guy, and then I find a bunch of client contacts, and I was like, okay. For this amount, I want to send this to this client contact of like, I'm finding like porn searches, like I can't even begin, weird like um, sex stuff in his notes, like I'm finding all kinds of shit. So anyways, um, so he was like, before we were filming or whatever, he was like looking at me and I was looking at his phone and I was like, ooh, we got some juicy stuff on here. And he was like, oh yeah? And he's like, you're the one who's going to get it, you bitch. And I, I, I'm like... It's 9 a.m. in Echo Park. And I was like, what? Because <laughs> normally that'd be fine. Yeah, normally <laughs> you're 2 p.m., you're 3 p.m. Yeah, yes, I'm good. a bitch. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, get me in West Hollywood, I'm the worst. But Echo Park at 9? I don't no. think so, my friend. Exactly. So I was like, what did you just say? And he was like, I said you were a bitch. And I was like, apologize. And at this point, the, the crew is setting up. And people are like starting to look over because they can like, I'm mic'd. And I think they thought it was like a joke, but I could see heads starting to turn. And I was like, he was like, no. And I was like, apologize. And he was like, no. And I went, apologize right now in front of everybody. Apologize for calling me a bitch. So everybody stops. At this point, they can all hear me. And they all look. And he was like, I'm sorry. And I went, okay, great. Now get the fuck off my set. And I kicked him off the set. Thank you very much. I kicked him off the set. He didn't get any of the money. He didn't get anything. He got cut from the episode. Get his phone back. <laughs> I kept his phone and I have it today. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. that's that's a true story of like standing up for yourself yeah. and and you it's it was hard for me to do that and I'm a bold woman. Uh, but it was hard for me to do that because you're in front of everyone and that's sometimes where you're your meekest because you're like I don't want to be trouble. But mm-hmm. like so then, how did you know, where did you get those that that step? Like, because I think that happens to us all the time when you get flattened by something that somebody said, and you're like, how do I? Th-? And have the the gumption on that level. I I'll tell you this. I I think I got it out of straight fatigue mm-hmm. of being called a bitch, mm-hmm. like just because I have an opposing opinion and I'm not afraid to share them, and I don't consider myself someone who's rude to anyone. I'm sorry I slapped both you girls when I first met you. I panicked. I'm sorry, but other than that, I think I'm pretty nice. You're lucky it's not You are lucky it's not Right in the baby, right in the baby. What about you, Katie? How about like with a team of, as you said, executive producers that are all women? God. You know, I've been racking my brain for for a story, but um, I can't. I, I'm gonna be real honest. I can't think of one. We're very weak. Um, no, I. You know, I think we just um, we we learned a lot every season because when we came into this, we had no TV experience at all. I mean, we had never. Most of us had never written a pilot before. We had only written three minute or less shorts, and so we came out here like, I'm sorry, you're letting us do what? <laughs> and um, and so first season, I think it was just very much like. Yeah, you tell us what to do. You tell us what to do, and and um, and you know we, we started to realize things would happen like we wouldn't be told things, and we wouldn't get the full information on things, or we wouldn't be included in meetings or in emails. And we're full EPs, we're creator EPs, and we were being left off of things. And um, we had a we had a, a post production um, supervisor who was just like always called us girls. 
Um, oh, I yeah, hate a lot that. of you girls. Oh. Um, I mean, we would have, you know, he, he would be like, you girls, and he was leaving off, us off of emails, and then people were being left off of credits in the show because they weren't coming to us and making sure that we were double checking everything. And so, you know, we, we would get that a lot. Or then when we would have director <laughs> meetings, we had a lot of men come in for meetings and some DPs who were like, you girls, you girls. And it was just like, so every season, I feel like we were getting we got to the point where we're like, oh, no, we know what we're doing now. And, like, mm-hmm. this is kind of bullshit. We let people get away with a lot. But then after that, it was it was just like, oh, nope, that guy's a douchebag, or we don't like the way you talk to us, mm-hmm. and so we're not going to hire you. And so I think a lot of our power was in, like, mm-hmm. cool, you know, or, like, come in and audition for us, like, or come in and audition or interview with us, mm-hmm. or, you know. Um, and then we'll – and we just had to – I mean, we're just like – we were bosses, so we got to fire people. Oh I mean, that God. was like, you know, we were just like, we were like, mm, okay, bye, you know, don't bring that person back. Like, and that's and that's what we were able to do. So, I mean, I think ultimately our power was like realizing we were bosses and and that we could be, we didn't have to be like nice Midwestern mm-hmm. girls. And what just for everyone oh, out yeah. there, you yeah. can just say you're an EP and uh, be a boss. So <laughs> oh, don't you, boss. don't you be discouraged if you don't have a show, okay? You can just tell, <laughs> oh, no, I am the boss, you're fucking you EP of your own life. The fact of the matter is, it's fucking hard. It's hard. It's hard fucking work. <laughs> like you can't just, um, just it does. It's not easy. So you should be able to complain. And um, and and I think it's a good reminder to go like like what you were saying about your friend who's writing for this network show. Like you think, oh, when I finally get in the writers guild, or like when I finally get that script <laughs> yeah. sold, that's when life is fucking great and I made it and I'll, I'll that'll be it and then you get to that point and you realize it's also fucking hard mm-hmm. and you do that and then you're like oh I'm never gonna work again or what do, I want something else new now so I think like it, I don't know I just yeah. it, I, I think it's I think it's good to hear because it's just it's hard along the way and um, I think you just have to get it out there's two types types of like complaining like I think you can complain in or vent that something's hard and mm-hmm. you're struggling what I don't like is the self-deprecating. Yeah. When you start saying, I'm bad, I suck, everything's terrible happens to me, that's not cool because you're going to believe it. If you keep saying that, I'm shaking my finger at the crowd. Not cool. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys got to see this finger wag. Or when you're complaining and it never ends. Like, it's when yeah. you're going to be like, man, this is really hard. I'm really tired right now. This person's annoying me. But if I talk to you in six months and you're still complaining about the same thing, yeah, that's and true. you're not doing anything to change that, you know, like, that's when it's like, okay. Do you, you, yeah, do you like to complain? <laughs> I definitely think that it is so lovely to hear, I mean, just like you said earlier, that you've booked your own stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it's so lovely to hear where we hold those common, air quotes, failures, because mm-hmm. it, it makes you it makes you realize, oh, yeah, I'm doing great. Yeah. And, and surrounding yourself, doing these sort of events, um, listening to podcasts, it's all about mm-hmm. reminding yourself that you are succeeding and that you are doing great mm-hmm. and that your, perhaps your scale of what is success needs a reframing. And as soon as you can reframe that, mm-hmm. then you can feel successful day by day. Mm-hmm. I also feel like I'm perhaps a little cute bunny rabbit that's squished under a boulder and has no idea. Right. And it's just hopeful and happy and <laughs> whatever, no matter what. So some part of me like wishes I liked something else, anything else. 
and then I just go off and do that. But there's nothing else I love more. Okay, so what's the one concrete thing that you can do when you're when you're on a slump or you're needing a recharge? I, um, you'd kind of like said. Well, actually, both of you had said it about events and going out. Uh, go out and see something. Go see a show. Go see a movie of someone that you're a fan of. Listen to a podcast. Like literally, get out of your head. Go watch anything creative. Always. I, I've never come home from a good comedy show and gone. I hate everything. I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. I want to do that. Or, or for me, sometimes it's very much the opposite. Is like, fuck my art. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna write. I'm not gonna act. I'm not gonna go see something funny. I'm not. Gonna, I'm gonna like bake a cake, mm-hmm. or I'm gonna yeah. have lunch with a friend who's not in the industry. Um, they do <laughs> exist out here. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I'm gonna like spend time with my husband who is not in the industry. I'm gonna, you know. So for me, I think a lot of times. We get very caught in our artist world or our entertainment industry world, and then you realize you're not getting inspired because you're just surrounded by entertainment industry. Like when I was doing improv seven nights a week, I, I was like, oh, I have nothing to improvise about because I'm only doing improv and no one wants to see a sh- an improv show. I mean, at all in general, but especially, <laughs> especially, just getting in pro theater, just getting in pro theater. Um, but especially, no one wants to see an improv show about improv so it's like you've got to find something that's going to spark an idea or joy or a different kind of emotion or feeling that can then be turned into something mm-hmm. great. what do you think Maddie? I would say there are so many I, I think you should look at Instagram and see how great other people are doing no don't no I would say um, the reason that popped into my head is because so many people you can ask for recommendation this sounds so cheesy on self-help books and there are so many great ones out there mm-hmm. um jen sincero Brene brown mm-hmm. like there's just so many great books out there that you can read and then you're just like on fire and this like one little piece of you that's like i'll never feel shame again right and then like you know two months later you're in a bath of shame yeah. <laughs> I need to watch her TED talk or something but yeah. there's um there's so many great books out there the that artist way yeah I'm inspiring yeah. chicken soup for the soul oh my god <laughs> my Tuesdays <Bible>. with Maury. <laughs> it's Tuesdays right I love that about reading a, a self-help book because yeah. it doesn't matter what industry you're in those books work they really do. Yeah. <laughs> like you can buy do. mine at the door on your way out. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. $19.99. Classic <laughs> fake Katie over yeah, yeah, here, yeah. Stacy. <laughs> I'd love to know about your um, your cheerleaders then. So who were the people that were, when you were needing a leg up, who were those folks for you? Um, my husband is one. Uh, I was really lucky in that my husband was not ever a person who thought he moved to L.A. I kind of thought I never moved to L.A. And then as soon as the pilot sold, he was like, well, duh, we have to move to L.A. And I said, you know, we only have one episode. We don't know that this is going to get picked up. And he's like, we're talking about moving anyway. We have to do this. And I think he believed that it was going to go more than I did. Uh, So I was very lucky in that sense. Um, And I also had really supportive, uh, not to brag, really supportive parents. Um, (laughs) Oh, one of those. And I know, I know. I I wish I had a tortured childhood to something to write about but um no they were just really supportive and let me let me kind of do my thing so yeah. i think like keeping your family and your friends who are who care about you and then just people other creative people who aren't don't get their competitive shit in a way what about you you two what were your two leaders um i'd say my little sister mm-hmm. well actually all my siblings i say my little sister just because it's easier to get her on facetime 
<laughs> so just by default, I end up talking to her more. But um, yeah, I would say I, I also have supportive parents, but my mom also, funny enough, of your what, the theme of your show is like, well, you can always become a teacher. And I'm like, and I did drop out of school, but sure, I guess I'll just show up at a school and start teaching. <laughs> what a great plan you have yeah. there, mom. But definitely, um, my mom thought I could be a businesswoman. <laughs> <laughs> she keeps buying you what briefcases. Oh God, love I tell you what. But yeah, I'd I'd say uh, my siblings, um, because um, you know I they're the ones that I joked with the most uh, coming up. So and they keep better track of what I've done than I do. Mm-hmm. They, you know what I mean? They're like, yeah, but you did this, and I'm like, oh yeah, I guess I. Did. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Or they're like, you said that 10 years ago, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess I have been on a bit of a loop here. So um, I'll, I'd say my siblings. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Maddie? My mom, for, for sure. She's just a total badass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> can, I, can I brag about her sure. for a second? She runs a stable of, like, 60-plus horses in what? Texas. And she's she has people that, you know, help her, but she throws hay down from haylofts, mucks up horse poop all day long and just is a total badass and still finds time to talk to me multiple times a week. And um, yeah, so my mom for sure, my dad's a badass too. And uh, I have to say my Ripley women and especially my roommate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Elisa. I just think it's important we don't, we don't recognize like the cheerleaders as our team. Like we need those people to keep it, keep this going. It takes a, mm-hmm. it takes a village, right? Yeah. For I, all oh, yeah. Careers. I think it's also like it, being out here. There's a lot of people who get so competitive, and it's part of it. It's a competitive business. You have to be competitive to some degree to get ahead. But I have to say, I love seeing people I came up with in Chicago or Detroit mm-hmm. succeed. I can't, I cannot get more excited every time I see someone have success. Yeah. Do I want the same thing? Absolutely. Is there a little part of me that's like jealous? Absolutely. It's how I use that though. It's like, man, mm-hmm. I'm going to, that makes me want to work a little bit harder, but I do feel total joy. Like the, the guys from the, from Detroiters, Tim Robinson yeah. and Sam Richardson were guys I started improvising with when I was 22 and I started doing second city in Detroit. And, um, it's amazing to see what they're doing and people I improvise with in Chicago. It's just like, and, and the more you can be a cheerleader for other people, mm-hmm. you're going to get more cheerleaders in return, yeah. And too. they'll give you jobs. Oh, my God. <laughs> play the game. Yeah. Everything you're saying is nice, but play the game. Or they will <laughs> give you jobs, you guys, because some people in Chicago were not nice. Okay. And then Name I get a photo names. Make a list. All right, so in this, in this vision, is this what you imagined your career being? At this point, like when you thought about becoming an actor, is this what you imagined right now? Oh, I was supposed to be famous ten years ago. Oh, right. Wow. So how? <laughs> By the way, I'm seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> Should I have said that? So before we started. <laughs> how's that sitting with you then? Like this vision, because like I think sometimes the reality of what our vision is and then where we are has to adjust. Yeah, it's a nightmare. Um, I, it is. It absolutely, I, I was absolutely delusional being like, okay, by the time I'm 25, I'll be on SNL. And like, I mean, did I get halfway there of like getting to test for them? Yes. Was that five years ago? Yes. Am I still waiting to hear back? Yes. <laughs> Until you personally call me and say no, as, as far as I'm concerned, I'm in the running. <laughs> and so I'm in the conversation. I don't know what to tell you guys. Sorry. But um, yeah, it's, it's a nightmare in the sense that like, 
I'm the only one who can't let it go. Everyone else is on board with what I'm doing, and I'm the only one being like, but I was supposed to do this. But here's the thing. I just made that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I made up what I was supposed to be doing, and I do mm-hmm. the same thing, Like, and I'm sure a lot of people, and I, sadly, I hate to say it, but a lot of females can relate. You also just made up how you're supposed to look. We do it about our bodies, mm-hmm. or you do it about, like, you know, this person that, that you're, this dream person, your partner you're supposed to find in life. But it's like... So right now I'm in a place where I have to, cause I'm like, well, by now I should have been on a network and I should have this and I should have that. And I'm like, you just made that up. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't have anything. You just made it up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I gotta, it's like you said, you, I gotta reframe it. You gotta reframe it. Cause otherwise I'm making myself miserable and everyone else is on board with me and, and it's me who has to get on board. Mm-hmm. So shoulds and should haves are uh, really toxic. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. Are really toxic. And I found in my life that um, the, the when I let those go, I start to succeed. Yeah. Um, I should do my, my, my type five for Lauren. You know, should Sharna help her and give me the opportunity to get in front of him. I don't even really want to do that. And then I finally went like, you know what, it's okay if I don't get SNL. And then I sold my own show with my friends. Oh, SNL won't call you anyways. Here I am waiting. I know, girl. 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 Bad, bad boyfriend. Bad boyfriend. What about you, Maddie? Yeah, um, remind me of the question one more time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's SNL calling. Yeah, like, is this what you imagined your career to be? Oh, yes. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, I thought that I was going to be the uh, first woman in the NBA. Okay, then it's a different. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little. So they, they formed the WNBA, and I was like, oh, okay, that's fine. Reform. I'm, I'm good at reframing, actually. I think I am, actually. And so then I went, oh, I'll be the first woman to dunk in the WNBA. Okay, cool. So then I um, didn't get, what do you call it, cast on a team in the WNBA? <laughs> from, the, from the audition. From the audition. Nobody cast. Right, right, um, right. And I'm 5'1". She still shows up at the rehearsals. Yeah, she's there. She hasn't heard no, folks. She hasn't heard no. As we know, still in the game, literally. (laughs) Uh, I think because I have been reframing just since wanting to be in the NBA, um, which was true, which was true. I had big dreams. Again, I I do feel like I'm a little bunny that doesn't realize she's a little bunny. (laughs) And, but I, but that's, I don't think that's ever going to stop me. And so I'm, I think I've been pretty good at reframing. So I definitely have a vision of where I need to be I don't think I've ever had a vision of oh I I should be here and also I'm just obsessed with I'm obsessed with rehearsal I'm obsessed with um like I can't wait till we're done and we're drinking in the bar (laughs) not drinking I'm not obsessed with drinking I'm obsessed with just (laughs) hanging out because I have so many questions for them right and so that's what that's why I'm like wait what's the question because I can't I love the the families the families that are created the instant families that are Mm -hmm. created in any sort of creative space and so the thankfully god thank goodness the end goal has not been clouding my enjoyment of the families mm-hmm. there is another there's an edge to that sword of my joy that i find in creating a little family maybe has allowed me to go I've made it <laughs> and look around and just be so so happy at when when other people are pushing because yeah. they haven't made it haven't made it haven't made it and also I would be lying if I if I you know said that I ha- I get frustrated all the time with where I'm at with the fact that I haven't 
booked anything since an AT&T commercial in 2010 right. or something. I don't know. But, uh, and, but on the, your side of things is I've made stuff since then and mm -hmm. I've booked mm -hmm. myself in things since yeah. then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think I've just been reframing a lot yeah. every day in life. Since, like, I was, yeah, yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's so funny, this, like, idea of booking, because I'm also obsessed with, like, I haven't booked anything. Yes. I mean, I had, I was a series regular creator, EP on a show for 50 episodes, and all I can do is obsess over why no one's still, people aren't casting me in anything, um, you know? It and it's never like, ends, And it's right? like, so I had this opportunity, and I'm still like, well, it's different if someone else says yes to me. Um, it's different if I go in and I audition, and I, like, book it because I'm a good actor, I'm funny, or whatever, and it's, and I'm really in this point in my life right now where I'm trying to really examine that mm -hmm. and go like you know what a lot of women create their own content now mm -hmm. and it's really good and that's really cool and that's a whole different kind of skill and a whole different kind of accomplishment um, and I'm really trying to let go of that other people saying yes you're good enough it's so it's so bizarre. I'm like, how did I have my own TV show? And I'm still like, oh, I didn't book that co-star. I'm a piece of shit. Like, it's it's really, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really weird. But I, I think, like, examining that and why why we need that so much. I mean, obviously, we want opportunity. We want to pay our bills. We don't want to have to keep our day jobs. Mm -hmm. But, like, I don't know. What's what what's really in it? And someone saying, yes, you're good enough. So uh, you brought up questions. Does anybody here have any questions for our panelists before I wrap up? Uh, and do you have any questions for each other? As oh we've got so many. Okay, we you want, time but you want to do it over beers. We just got to get to the all right. City. I'm gonna let you all uh, have that beer time, but I want to um, close with a question that I often ask, and I was thinking about it today. I often ask what advice you would give to your younger self. Oh God! But you know what? <laughs> this is the thing. I got a good one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the thing is, I feel like it's advice you would give your present self. Yes. Too. It, it like every time somebody is. says, "I would tell myself this," I'd be like. That still applies to me. So, what's advice that you would t take, like today? What would you give your advice? Oh, don't today? do it. <laughs> don't do it. When you missed out on you would have told today? yourself that. I'm not, of course, I would have told myself, don't do it. Because here's the thing: I've made. I'm where I'm at because of the stupid decisions that I've made, and I don't necessarily mean don't do it of pursue comedy, but like the second you want to tell yourself something negative, don't do it. Oh. The second you want to like. Um, make a, a, a poor social decision that could have affect a career decision and like you know dating the wrong people messing all that up don't do it don't don't do it don't do anything to so the people like wrong. don't do it I feel like maybe it's mm. what you're telling is like when you feel that <laughs> instinctual maybe not don't do it Oh God! That was yeah. a better way of saying it. Yeah. <laughs> see, Elena, what you just said, don't do it. Let her do it. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> no, but yeah, like yeah. just this. It's Let's like your gut. Yeah, just you know what I mean. It's like the the and I do I do call them mistakes because I went against what you know your instincts. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's like. What about it. you, Katie? What would be your oh, present man. past advice? Wow. Um, I think two things. One would be um, you're worth it you're good enough um, oh, no. which because I have massive imposter syndrome um, and I think probably like a lot of women are shaking their heads yes yes we women have imposter syndrome wait are you not pregnant oh god gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> 
run out the door. Um, <laughs> Take all the buttons. Um, uh, no, but like, I, I just, I totally, I mean, still, I'm like, the only reason I had a TV show is because the other five women were really talented. <laughs> they, they were too nice to say no to me. And it's like nonsense. Mm -hmm. And I think I stopped myself for many years from allowing myself to do more or take more risks because I was so afraid that uh, like I'd be figured out as not good enough um, and I think the other one is um, it's just yeah it's, it's the same kind of the same thing it's just like don't be so afraid to fail and and what other people are gonna think because I just constantly worried about uh, if it's not perfect again I said this earlier if it's not perfect I'm just not gonna do it mm -hmm. and I just think I missed a lot of opportunities because I was so afraid of what I was doing wasn't going to be perfect, but mm -hmm. it's art and it's, it's subjective and it, there's not a right or wrong way to do it. And mm -hmm. I wish I'd just been like a little more of a fuck it kind of attitude. Yeah. What about you, Maddie? I would say, um, hi. Hi. You're a badass. Oh. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Naomi looks so hurt. I feel like I would be kind of, I feel like I need like a, the first time she was like, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I just feel like I need um, uh, like a buffer because if I'm looking at me, it's going to be like, who is this giving me advice? So I'd say hi. And then I would say, um, I would say you're a badass, but you're 5'1". How old are we? How old am I giving myself advice? You know, it's your choice, really. Okay, well, it's I'm going to do when I wanted to be in the NBA. Cool. Um, <laughs> so last week. <laughs> yeah. Still waiting for the call, man. Current advice. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say um, you're 5'1". And uh, well, or four of ten, <laughs> and listen to your gut. I think is what I would say. S slow down, meditate. But I would ignore that. I know I would ignore that. Right. But it's probably good just to start burning that in at that point. Meditate <laughs> uh, and listen to your gut, or tune into your gut, because I think meditation helps you tune into your mm. in uh, instincts and gut. And then I would say a current mantra now: uh, your journey is your journey. I, I want to thank you so much, all of you, for this great afternoon, evening, and for just come contributing all the, the words of wisdom. Thank you so much. I'm really interested to hear what you're all working on. Please share links. Don't be bashful about that. I'm, sometimes somebody's like, uh, I said, what are you working on? They're like, oh, this really fun series. I'm like, show me the link. Like, get mm -hmm, in on yeah. the pushing all the stuff out yeah. there, because that's how it's going to happen. Yeah, we never know who we're going to connect either. Yeah. Can I, I just want to say really quick, a woman writing a play, and I went to this, like, coffee club thing for women the other day. She's writing a play about female magicians, and I happen to know, like, one of the most badass female magicians on the planet. She was a pen and teller and, like, fooled <laughs> them or whatever. Great. And it was, it was such the easiest connection. That's, I love it. But she had to say the things she was doing fully. Mm -hmm. So yes to that. Yeah. So say, say the things that you're doing fully. Yeah. Anything that you're creating, I would love to find a way of supporting. We're going to go now to the study and have some drinks and do some networking. So if you have business cards and you want to just meet some people, try to, you know, we're all feeling awkward about meeting strangers. So just agree. Like, just go up to a stranger and be like, this is super awkward. Here we go. And just agree that it's super awkward. And then jump in. Like, it's sort of one of those necessary evils. But I promise you, you'll meet one person from today that you'll work with in the future. I betcha, betcha, betcha. So let's keep, keep connecting. Thank you so much. Thanks to Info. Thanks to my panel. Thanks to my team. Thank you, Naomi.